to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. We're looking at the practical believer. The practical believer. You can write it down. It's one of our seven P's this year. Um, What are our seven P's this year? In no particular order. Number one. Okay. I didn't say number two yet. So number one, prayerful. Number two. Prophetic. Number three. Number four. Number five. Some of us have not moved our lips. And we only have two more. At least pretend you know it. Number six. Number seven. Okay. It seems you're doing well. You even reminded me of the ones I forgot. So now. Yeah. It's actually a skill we're taught in lecturing, eh? In lecturing, one of the skills you are taught is how to deflect. Like sometimes one of your students can ask you a very hard question and you don't know the answer. And then you absorb the answer from the students without them knowing. And then you come and summarize what they said. Now, the moment they started teaching us that skill, it sounded familiar. Because in primary school, when DSTV was rare, what we used to do, (laughs) is that if you've not watched the wrestling match, you hear one part from this one, one part from this one, one part from this one, and then you'll come to another one. Did you see the match last night? (laughs) What about that part when he did this? But really, you just heard it. The funny part is when you go back to tell someone who already told you. (laughs) So it's a skill we learned a while back. Have you ever heard people say, don't be so heavenly minded that you become earthly useless? And I think that statement has given birth to other terms, right? Don't be over spiritual. Those things are usually told. Now, I actually get where they are coming from because... It's coming from an era that they've seen where they would witness people become spiritual and when those people would become spiritual, especially if they had a mountain experience, 
And if you want to know what a mountain experience, read the book, The Return from the Mountain, such that when they have a mountain experience, they, they forget how to live, so to say. If you've read The Mountain of Transfiguration, where Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and then he transfigured before them, you'll notice something that Peter said. That's especially when Elijah and Moses appeared. Peter said, Lord, let us just pitch a tent here. We'll pitch tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Now, how many of you know that Peter was married? How do you know Peter was married? He had a mother-in-law whom Jesus healed. And then also Paul refers to Peter's marriage in Second First Corinthians 9 when he says, um, do we not have the right to take a believing sister? <laughs> so, Paul talks... <laughs> But not the word. The word there is a believing sister. Not, not to just, not to, not to start practicing convert, date, and marry. <laughs> that one doesn't usually work. Because she may come to the light and then realize that she was in darkness when she chose you. <laughs> and then you find she's got better options. <laughs> So don't practice convert, date, and marry. It's very risky. Or should we call it missionary dating? Don't practice that one. Otherwise, once you're done and she's born again, if that's your assignment in life, we'll send you to other ladies who also need a missionary to date them to Christ. Now, let's continue. <laughs> let's not go into the seminar. <laughs> so it's a believing sister. Praise God. Some people have missed out on their wives because they just saw them as sisters. <laughs> and, and by the way, I'm speaking from experience. I've counseled people who've gotten married. Who, there was like a lot of chemistry, but they couldn't tell because they were just seeing a believing sister. So they didn't know that the believing sister is marriable. Anyways, guys, let's look at practical, be a practical believer. <laughs> now, um, what was I even talking about? <laughs> the mountain experience. Peter forgot he had a wife, wanted to pitch a tent there. The guy had a wife and he wanted to pitch a tent. What does that show you? Uh, there are times where when you discover just how sweet uh, being spiritual can be, you can kind of forget how to function on earth. I think when that happens, we lose respect. I hope you're hearing me. But then there's a generation God is raising. I don't know if you get my point. A generation that, that can speak in tongues for two, three hours and afterwards write a business proposal. <laughs> I don't know if somebody is getting my point. And you'll notice that if we're to go all the way to the patriarchs, from our very first patriarch who is Adam, you observe that God 
did not design Adam to just stay in the temple. Perhaps it wasn't even a temple. He designed him. Anyways, he was a temple. He designed Adam to work and to be practical. That's how he designed him. So much so that he didn't cause it to rain. And the Bible says he did not cause it to rain because there was no man to till the land. That shows you that from the onset, God has always wanted men to be practical. All of us are supposed to be that. I hope somebody is getting me. So that statement usually comes from an understanding from people who have not understood that true divinity will make us very practical. Makes it very practical. If you remember your grade two science, how many of you learned science in grade two? Now, if you remember very well in second grade, um, your teacher of science probably taught you that there is what is called potential energy and kinetic energy, right? <laughs> somewhere in term two, somewhere there. And in essence, potential energy is stored. Just in layman's language, it's stored. It's just there. It's not yet in motion. Whereas kinetic energy is in motion. Now, the lack of being practical by believers can cause you to live your whole life of just being potential everything. You're just potential soul winner, you're a potential prophetic person, uh, potential dominator of all mountains of influence, potential husband, okay, let's remove that one, potential. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you can spend your whole life being a potential everything, and you've got everything in you. That, like, God has given you everything, but you've just not learned to be practical. And then, one of the worst things would be to get to heaven and find plastic bags full of things that were supposed to be yours, but you couldn't draw them away. And then, I can imagine the worst tour of heaven for me would be to be, would be, to be shown, let me show you how your life would have been. That would, that would be the worst. Like, had you just gathered the boldness to do this? Had you tried this? Had you done this? Had you written that time? Had you done this? Had you done that? Had you done that? Majority of people, um, we've been having quite a number of testimonies of late. I'll give you an example with jobs. Majority of them who've testified, I know privately, that usually it's not been their first application. Apart from the fact that it's not been their first application, some of them, the applications which have been successful has been that one which they just wrote out of frustration, like, ah, just writing it for the sake of writing it. What would have happened had they not written it? Would have missed out on a potential testimony, so all of us wouldn't have been blessed, and then our faith wouldn't have been stirred up. As in, people are denying us so many things because they've just not learned to be practical. Now, when I say God has given you everything, it means your potential energy is at level, you know? Let's look at 2 Peter chapter number... 
Somebody say glory. glory. Say it one more time. Glory. Ask your neighbor, what's your level of potential energy? What have they answered? Look at 2 Peter 1. And I want us to look at verse 2. And then we'll go from verse 2. Today and tomorrow and forevermore I will worship Our King James Version, please. There's a word that was missed on that one. There's one word that was gotten wrongly. You've seen the word, right? One of the things that I love to do is study versions and compare with the Greek and all that stuff. So for this specific scripture, there's one word that was gotten wrong in the NKJ. You won't see the word through. You'll see in, but it's supposed to be through. That's how the grace and peace is multiplied. So now, it says, grace and peace. Hey, grace can increase. Imagine that. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Every time you walk out of the service, grace has increased. Next verse. Uh-huh. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. All things. Not some, but all things. And then the all things that has been given has been stored up in something called knowledge. That's where it's been stored. Some people think it's been stored like somewhere in your belly. It's been stored in knowledge. And then the knowledge has been freely given to you. And then now it's up to you to get it or not. All things. There are some people who've, for example, learned to practice the ministry of buying books. But then they've not yet learned to practice the ministry of reading them. Now, you can imagine they're one hour away one hour away from sitting down, getting all that knowledge in them, and coming out saying, ah, oh, he's my God. One hour away. Okay. Let's actually go to the topic. Now, why are we discussing the practical believer? We've told you what the scientists say. Now, the most spiritual man ever says something interesting. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, people say, I don't preach with an interpreter, so interpreter. Matthew <laughs> chapter 7, and verse 24. You can give me the NKGV. It says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. You know, um, 
when I was younger, there's a song that we used to sing. I am on the rock, the rock that lasts. I am on the rock that lasts. Is it at last or that last? I trust. I trust. I trust. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, all my life, I heard that last. And I thought it made sense because of Rock of Ages. Okay, the lyrics depend on the Sunday school you went to. <laughs> okay, I'm even feeling shy to finish singing. So, in my head, I used to think, like in my like little brain, there's this like rock called the Rock of Ages. And then a time will come where I'll go and stand on it. And then it means I'm on the rock. That, that's honestly what I thought. I don't know if you're getting it. It is. I'm just, as a, by the way, who's noticed after growing up that there are some Sunday school songs we need to edit? Should I give an example of one? 50 years in the land of Babi. It wasn't 50 years. It wasn't 50 years, wasn't it 70? According to the prophecy, it was 70. The Bible says, I, Daniel, knew by the books. The number of years, who came up with 50? I should hear, anyway, next, this Sunday school, Sunday, I need to, I, when, I, when I'm walking down, I need to hear very doctrinal Sunday school. I should find him singing 70 years in the land. Are we clear? <laughs> okay, let's go on. Now, it's interesting that and I say this purely on these words of Jesus, that some people may be potentially, they may have the rock with them, but they are not really standing on the rock. Why? Because Jesus tells us how to stand on the rock. He says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Then what happened next? It says the storms may come and the winds may blow. But then that person remained. Okay. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. How did it get founded on the rock? Because the person wasn't just hearing, he was doing. Next verse. Then everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And then what happened? The storms came, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew. No matter how many songs they sang, they did not remain steadfast. And look, notice what Jesus says. <laughs> Jesus. And it fell, and great was its fall. That's interesting. That's interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, say the practical believer. To manifest the supernatural on earth, you have to learn to be practical. You have to learn to be practical. 
Notice that Jesus was very practical. Jesus was very practical. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, that he went about, he, didn't, he was practical about it. He went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You have to be practical. So let me just show you a few examples, and then if I don't finish, um, you'll learn them in the cell groups. A few things about being practical. Being practical is the only way, that's point number one now, I'm taking a few pointers. Being practical is the only way to educate your human spirit. Being practical is the only way to educate your human spirit. It's being practical. So let me give you an example. Would you believe me if I told you I don't remember Pythagoras' theorem? Like, I, I don't remember it. Was there a pie somewhere? There was a square root somewhere. I don't remember Pythagoras' theorem. Can I tell you another thing? I don't, by the way, I have the ability to know it. I can read on it right now and I can get it in three minutes. But I don't remember it right now. Would you believe me if I told you I don't really remember long division? But there was a Z somewhere there. Was that a, no, that's a scary. Okay, I don't remember. But there, was, there, was, there was something we used to do. I remember short division because I use it every day. I, I actually remember it because I use it every day. I've realized that there are certain things that are easier to remember because you've practiced them. For example, I'm quite good with multiplication because I just naturally multiply. <laughs> no, no, okay, no, to be honest, that's not the reason. The reason is I would get bored when studying in primary school, so I would start studying the timetable. So I would, I would start studying three times, three, nine, <laughs> And I, I would start studying, you know. I don't know why. I thought one day I'll be given an award for knowing what nine times nine was. <laughs> but I've realized that anything that you don't practice, you easily forget. Why do you think people can come out of an exam not remembering anything? Like, they knew the first semester, they never knew anything. The night before, they found a way to load it on their head. And they went into the exam room like this. They didn't want it to drop. It was like right on the head. Don't talk to me. <laughs> like they, they can't even talk to anyone at that point. The moment they sit in the exam room, they start writing everything they remember on the question paper first. <laughs> All the formulas they remember. <laughs> Then after the exam, they walk out and they have no idea. You, you can't ask them any question about that topic. It's because usually the things that you don't practice, you forget. The things that you don't practice, you easily forget. A person who's practiced health confessions will respond a certain way to a crisis of sickness. 
because they've educated their spirit to automatically respond to certain things a certain way. Praise God. So that's number one. And perhaps, can I give you a scripture for that one? That shows you that what you don't practice, you, do you know what, even in the scriptures, it shows you that what you don't practice, you actually forget. It's actually so clear in the scriptures. I was amazed when I read it, because I was like, like really? Do you know if you don't practice righteousness, you can forget you're the righteousness of God? Are you aware? Or do you can live as if you're not? I want you to imagine the whole lot of the righteousness of God going to the club to dance. The whole lot of the righteousness. The whole lot of God's temple just wakes up. Today I have gone to the club because I want to just be in this dark room and dance. There is something they forgot. The whole lot of the righteousness of God can be in love with an unbeliever. The whole lot of the righteousness of God. There is something they've forgotten. Somewhere something has been forgotten. There's someone who once came to me and said, Pastor, my challenge for me is, ah, I know I'm born again, but Pastor, the clubs, Pastor, the clubs. So I told them, fine. You know what I told them? I said, you're free to go. I said, first, I asked them which day they usually go, so that I could be sending a teaching somehow on that day. And I told them they were very free to go under one condition. The entire way to the club, they just had to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am. <laughs> By the time they were reaching the door. <laughs> and usually, you'll find if somebody's on their way to such a place, they probably won't be playing songs like, I am the righteousness of God. <laughs> probably the entire time in the car, they'll be playing in a little chipondo in a, in a shan shan. <laughs> but let's look at it from the word. James 1. <laughs> James 1 and verse... <laughs> James 1 and verse 22. <laughs> How do you forget yourself? Okay. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Wait, we've not even gotten there. Wait, wait, wait. So already, if you don't do, you're deceiving yourself. Let's look at the next verse. Uh-huh. One, two, three, let's read. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Next verse. Uh-huh. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forget what kind of man he was. Next verse. Uh -huh. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Glory! 
Hey! I said hey! Hey! So in case you want to know your reflection, come on, open your Bible and look in the mirror. Somebody say glory to God. Come on. <laughs> Let's look at the next one. Okay, but this one. You know how many areas you can apply this in? So it means, and I don't know if you've seen, it says, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, and then it doesn't say, but a rememberer. No, it says, but a doer of the work. Meaning, here the opposites are either you're a forgetful hearer or you're a doer. I've noticed when I reflect on my life that if there's ever been an area where let's say I find myself struggling or I find myself not doing things at the level that I should, then it's usually something I'm not practicing. Then there's just a principle I'm not practicing. I'll give you an example. If I ever hear a situation like, Pastor, there's A, B, C, D. And the first thought is I'm doubting, like, hmm, will this person be healed? If I'm to check, then it means in the previous weeks, I've not really prayed for people who are not well. That's something that I observed personally. I don't know if anyone has ever experienced that in any area. But if there's something you're not practicing consistently, you easily forget yourself. You can forget yourself. I had a period, I think I read about it in Jesus the Healer, where I don't know what it was, but my throat was in trouble. Now, sometimes that can happen for a day or two, but it went on for a while. And... This is the part that may surprise people the most. I began disliking preaching. Because I would be in pain whenever I'm preaching. And when I'm done preaching, the pain would be worse. And it wasn't getting better. Despite um, any medicinal attempts, it wasn't getting better. Matter of fact, it was getting worse. And the worst was uh, a certain WEM conference. Some of you may remember it. That WIM conference, I put on blue. My hair was styled like this. And I was in light blue. I was in a boater. I was in a boater. And there was someone blind who got healed. Glory. It was a Nimbayanga. You remember it? Yeah. Now, I was on a fast in that period because it was in January. So I was on a fast. And back then, the ministry I was in would fast in January. Maybe that's why I moved us to November. <laughs> but have you ever wondered why we, particularly, fast in November? I like starting the year, I already know what I'm supposed to do. So usually for us, beginning of the year, from day one, we started working. That's, that's our system. For me, and generally for us, I don't like beginning of the year, I'm trying to hear God about what to do. So usually for COL, our crossover is the night of yonder. If you are attentive, I always give the theme of the year in codes during the night of yonder 
that comes after the 14-day fast in November. I always do that. If you're attentive, even the latter rain, I, I gave it a while back. I literally preached the former rain <laughs> to prepare you for it. So anyways, what was I saying? Uh, I was on a fast, but I was taking ginger and lemon, and you know that's not so good if you're fasting. But I was really just trying to have a voice to preach. And something very supernatural happened. When I went to the stage, I couldn't just preach. I was singing. I still remember that day I sang, Glory to the Lamb. At a very high key. And then the afternoon session, I think I sang, Even if a mother can forget her child. Something like that. Now, after the meeting, oh my God. After the meeting, it was bad. I was wondering, Lord, is this the price? And, and you know, when you're in certain situations, you start asking yourself questions, you can almost spiritualize a problem. By spiritualize, I mean you find like a biblical reason why it should be there. I asked, Lord, is this the price I have to pay? Jesus said, carry your cross. <laughs> is this the cross I'll have to carry? Is this the thorn in the flesh? Yeah. And then there was one night I told myself enough is enough. It was even like a beat in the background. I was busy. Enough is enough. <laughs> <laughs> I am taking my force. <laughs> now, so I told myself enough is enough. And I got a certain book called Jesus the Healer. Now that book was written by me. And I said reading. And then there were moments where I felt my soul was lagging. By lagging I mean it's like I'm reading and then my soul is like, come on, but you're not well. So I would immediately overcome it by saying, yes! Wow! I believe that! And that's what I say doing. And I started audibly speaking out. Like, I wasn't necessarily feeling blessed. I decided to be blessed. Like, I was like, wow! Come on, man of God! Wow! I, I, I remember that day, I read John 3, 16. I'm like, oh, wow! His, I, I read it like it was the first time. And I read it and read it and read it and I continued. And I decided I was going to be practical about it. Next thing, I went on YouTube and I started watching my own videos. I was trying to remember who I was. <laughs> and I watched. And I watched. That's why. Take note of testimonies. Have stones of remembrance. There are certain sermons you should put in a folder. I know certain sermons which if I'm to listen to again, I know what they do to me. I know what they did to me. Except for me, it's every, it's every sermon. So I just go to my podcast channel. <laughs> it, someone sent me a text from this church. I've just forgotten who. If it's you, shout the loudest amen. But someone sent me a text and they said, <laughs> and the person said, Pastor, um, I went through your podcast channel and I wrote down all your titles in a book. And whenever I'm facing a situation or Satan is trying to attack my mind or my thoughts in a certain area, I go check from the titles if there's anything familiar. And then that's the podcast I'll listen to. I said, wow, you know more of my titles than I do. <laughs> now, that night, 
I decided to watch my healing meetings. And I was hearing myself teach the word. And I, I was like, is that me? I literally asked that, like, is that the same person? And I was looking at my face, the boldness, the, you, you know me. And, and as, as I was watching a handsome man of God preach, I was just saying, I receive. Yes, I grabbed a hold of it. By the time I was done with that session, I was still feeling the same way, but something had changed. Something had changed. I don't remember how I became fine. It's like my mind had shifted focus. Oh, I knew that it wasn't the same night, probably not even the, ne- the, same, the next day, probably not even the other day. But something had changed. I remembered where I was and I was practical about my faith. It's one thing to listen to a sermon about prayer. It's another thing afterwards. So, okay, I'm done with the sermon on prayer. Where are you going? I've gone to pray. And usually, that prayer session will end up being the best you've had because you've had it under the unction of that sermon. Ladies and gentlemen, If you're a hearer and not a doer, you always forget who you are. And you always need to be reminded. Praise God. I've got about six or seven other points. Uh, We'll advise how they'll be given. Some will be given through self. Some could come in the next midweek. The next midweek, I'm not taking it, but I could share the notes. But I think there's a lot that we can learn with regards to being practical. How many of you desire to prophesy? Whether you do or you don't prophesy, do you desire to prophesy at a higher level? Like to prophesy? I would be shocked. Why don't why wouldn't you desire it? You don't want to know the mysteries and the secrets. Someone once came to me, hey, why should the pastor give someone the phone number? Me, I don't want to just give the phone number. <laughs> I want to give air to Zambia and MTN. <laughs> now, I've asked that because, and the scripture is clear, it says, innocent desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy, right? Do you know that you'll never grow in prophesying unless you actually do it? I'm telling you, unless you actually do it. I I used to think, let me tell you what I used to think. I, I want you to get this and get this straight. I used to think that, for me, the first calling that God ever revealed to me before the apostolic one was that of the prophetic. And I began to learn on it and all that kind of stuff. And if you are very sensitive, you'll be able to tell that sometimes when I come on Sunday, you can think I'm teaching, but half the time I'm really just prophesying. Except when God, because everyone is trained differently. So for me, the way he trained me, he told me, that I've given you the tongue of the learned to speak a word in season to those who are weary. So usually my prophecies 
are packaged in such a way that they sound learned. So you think it's a teaching. And then sometimes the specifics are in the jokes and the examples. The jokes and the examples bring a lot of people to my office, if only you knew. And then sometimes a little differently. Now, I used to think that there'll be a day I'll wake up, and that day when I wake up, every person I'll look at, I'll just be able to read everything about their lives. That day wasn't coming, as in... <laughs> Guys, I would wake up every morning thinking, today is the day. <laughs> I'm going for a meeting, and I only have one word, and it's like half a word for that moment. And you know what's funny? Most of the other words would come the moment I have the boldness to give that half a word. But then, the advantage I had, which some may not have, and we may need to teach, is I was schooled on how to give a word. I was schooled on how to speak when you're not very sure, how to speak when you're sure, how to approach matters. I was, I was schooled on that from a very young age. I was schooled from like 14 on how to give a word properly. So it's something that I noticed. And then there are times where the prophetic unction came because I just decided to be bold about it. I'll give you these two stories when I'm done for today. I was at a meeting, I think I was 16 or 17, I don't remember. But just like a lot of young people were so excited about God and people decided that, people heard that I prophesy. So like, so even me, can you give me a word? Everyone was like, can you give me a word? I said, okay, make a line. <laughs> And then they would make a line, and I'll pray with each one. And whatever I sense, I'll tell them. If I'm not sensing anything, I wasn't under pressure. So one person who was like the person who was just from preaching was in the line. And then the moment they stood, I saw their heart, and then I saw like four. So I'm like, why am I seeing like your heart, and I'm seeing the number four? And the person says, come to the side. <laughs> And the person goes like, I have four boyfriends. <laughs> I wanted to say, everyone, come see, I'm a sharp prophet. <laughs> but what am I trying to say? <laughs> they, I noticed the prophetic would increase with being practical. So like, if today I want to hear something about someone's life, I even know what I need to do. I need to go in intercession and specifically pray for that person. Chances are high, at least, even if I don't get something specific, at least I'll get a knowing, I'll get a sensing, I'll get a direction I need to pray in. At least I know. What am I saying? Whatever you want to be, you have to learn to be a bit practical about it. Praise God. <laughs> so maybe with this that I've taught, I think when it comes to the prophetic, we may need, um, we may need to go deeper and maybe just teach some of the ethics that come with it. Okay. Have you learned something today? 
So we're talking about the practical believer and we settled on the point that being practical is the easiest way to educate your spirit. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.